Hello, welcome to episode 263 of Sack Kings Therapy. Uh, I am coming to you after the Kings lose to the Indiana Pacers, uh, 104 to 107. It was an ugly one. Um, another game where the Kings offense just, just not there. Um, they didn't shoot well all night, um, and they had a bunch of turnovers, although they were able to come back towards the end and make it a game. But, you know, costly turnovers, missed rebounds, and, uh, yeah, just not just not hitting shots, basically. It kind of cost them the game. Um, you know, Tyrese, buddy, they finally get their one. They finally get get their much needed kind of revenge game, especially uh, Buddy Heald. Uh, we'll talk we'll talk about him in a bit. But one thing I really do want to talk about about the Kings <clears throat> about the Kings. Sorry, that's something in my throat there. The Kings just cannot beat teams on a second night of a back to back. As far as I can remember, they've beaten one team on the second night of a back-to-back, and it was Memphis when they shot, when they basically broke the, they matched the record for most threes in the first quarter and, you know, damn near hit, what, 21 threes that game. That was basically, I well, there might have been another one. That is the game that I can think of that the Kings beat another team on the second night of a back-to-back. Other than that, just like this game, the Kings just always, they come out soft. Um, and, you know, like, you would think, you know, when you hear that a team is on the second out of a back-to-back, you come out strong. You come out and just stop them right from the beginning, never let them get going, never let them get up. But instead, they kind of, now, it didn't happen in the first quarter. The, the Kings were actually pretty good in the first quarter. But in the second quarter... The Pacers punched the Kings in the mouth by just hitting a lot of threes, basically, and just going on a run. And the Kings kind of just died for for a, basically two quarters after that. They basically had to ke- play catch up for the rest of the game, you know, because for the rest of the game, the Kings actually outscored the Pacers. But that second quarter where they were outscored 20, 32 to 21, that basically buried them. And, uh, you know... You don't come out and stomp them. You let them get confidence. You let them get comfortable. And this is kind of what you get. Now, of course, I think Indiana had a bit of a hot shooting, had a hot shooting night to say the least. They did cool down in the second half. But again, just letting them find life, the Pacers, letting them just find life and just, you know, being able to get such a huge lead, making it so you had to just expend so much energy just to come back. Like that kind of shit is really, really inexcusable and i don't know what it is with kings and the second night of a back-to-back like you know you gotta come out strong you gotta you gotta bury them early and just never give them hope to you know even think they could beat you but that's not how the kings roll now there's a huge caveat in this one De'Aaron fox did not play and you know we've talked about you know how sabonis is the king's most important player and he still might be you know but he played well this game but without De'Aaron Fox's game, you noticed it because the Kings just didn't have that second guy that could kind of stabilize the offense, that could go get you another bucket, you know, get, get you an, get you another easy easy shot. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have that second guy. Sabonis just wasn't, you know, as aggressive as he needed to be. And unfortunately, the Kings just, 
you know, Davion, you know, Davion earlier in the season uh, against against Miami and against uh, the Hornets. The Hornets, he was really good. Uh, in Miami, he was solid. But in this game, he was good on defensive end. But you just didn't get anything else from Davion. And that was just a huge disappointment. You know, you basically just didn't get any get much of any production from the point guard position. You, to, you end up basically relying on Malik Monk to be your point guard this game. And he did well. But did have five turnovers and you know a, a really crucial one late. You know, it, this is one of those games where they really did miss De'Aaron and just having that having that guy having that weapon in the fourth quarter. Like you know, you were building some momentum. You, you put De'Aaron in, and he probably could have brought brought you home. But instead, you know, you, they had to do it by committee, and unfortunately, the re- the team just did not you know just did not shoot well overall in order to in order to be able to pull this one out uh they end up shooting 13 for 38 34 percent and they shot 43 percent overall and i would say the the pacers off defense had something to do with that but i thought the pacers defense it it kind of mostly is whatever however the kings turned it over 19 times i will give indiana credit on that because they had very very active hands you know, Tyrese Halliburton always he you know he all, he was always good for one pick six layup when he was with the Kings, and he got three of them this game. And then Buddy Heel got two got two steals. I swear to God, he had three at one point, but I think they took one away. But like he was active, and you know, you talk about a revenge game. He had a bit of a revenge game. So let me let me go look at my numbers right now. He had let's see, he had thirteen seven and six. Uh, he ended up with uh 21 10 and 6 but he was really he was really big in the big in this game and you know it was just one of those kinds of games where like he was very pesky and they they got their hands in passing lanes they basically neutralized the pick and roll game uh very well because they just did such a good job of just digging down with their hands and not just not letting the pass get to the roll man this game and yeah the kings ended up turning over 19 times and yeah, that basic like it's so hard to be able to win games when you do something like that and you don't have one of your superstars to kind of bail you out. And you know, the Kings again didn't shoot well from this game, and you needed another hero. And that's where uh, you know, no pun intended, I'm not talking about Tyler Hero here, but you know, you needed just a you needed a, a hero to kind of to kind of take you know take you home. And unfortunately, he just wasn't there this game. Now is it the big is it the biggest deal in the world no i wouldn't say so like you, you did run into a hot team now granted on a second out of back-to-back that's really inexcusable but i think i think the kings did well enough without De'Aaron, and especially when you're not getting anything from his replacement in davion mitchell they did well enough to be able to come back this game and they had a chance to win but you know costly mistakes they're gonna happen and you know you just hope that this doesn't kill their momentum because they were building some momentum with, you know, two straight wins. And, you know, Indiana, like, they're kind of ailing. They just got back Tyrese. Like, he was good this game, but he wasn't as effective. You know, it it is what it is. The only thing is, there's something about the Kings. They need to win. They need to beat teams on second night of back-to-backs. You need to take advantage of that somehow because I am sick and tired of looking at them coming out somehow looking tired like why are you looking tired why are you coming out flat you know go out and stomp on their throats what are you guys doing yeah it's a bit uh, an ugly game overall and 
yeah, it, it is what it is. You just hope they bounce back against, I believe it is New Orleans next. Now, that's going to be a tough one. We don't know if we're getting De'Aaron back for that game. Uh, for those of you I'm wondering, I don't know this for sure, but there were there were reports saying that his wife is due around this time. So that's what I assume he was out for because he was out for personal reasons. And that's what I'm assuming it is. I'm not reporting that. That's just kind of my assumption. Um, yeah. So overall, just a bit of bit of an ugly game for everyone. Um, you know, the, the Pacers got hot. They ended up shooting 44% uh, overall. Not much better than the Kings, but they shot 41% from three. 17 of 41. And that was kind of one of the big things. And they also let the Kings also let them get out in transition a lot. That was really didn't help the Kings' point. Kings is that really didn't help the Kings uh, you know, coming back in this game or you know, them digging themselves into that hole. So, you know. Come back stronger, and I I don't really know what else to say. Like, you, you got to be able to beat these teams, and it is what it is. Good job. Good job on Tyrese. Good job on Buddy. And, you know, ha happy for them for be being able to make – being able to kind of get this revenge – get this well-deserved revenge game. Um, And, you know, congratulations to Tyrese for making the All-Star game. Uh, You know what? L let's get into that right now. I I'm, do I'm done with this game. Um, not, I just don't want to keep talking about it. Cause it's, it, it was a bit of a frustrating loss for me just cause I just felt like I was just disappointed with a lot of the players with them just not being able to hit shots. So, uh, anyways, so, uh, one of the all-stars in this game, uh, Tyrese Halliburton didn't make the all-star team on the other side, Damanis Sabonis made the all-star team well-deserved. He is basically the centerpiece, you know, no, no pun intended. He is the centerpiece of this team, and he is the, he is a big reason for the Kings' turnaround. Another person that's a real big reason for the Kings' turnaround, you know, he didn't play in this game. You know, Fox does not make it. Um, you know, he, he the two guys that are most debated over of whether they should have actually made um, the All-Star team or not was, you know, Jaron Jackson and Paul George. They he, Fox does not make it over those guys. Now, I'll, I'll say this, Jaron Jackson, to a certain degree, I could have understood. I personally don't think he's an all-star, but he is a big key in the Grizzlies' success, despite missing ten, uh, about like 10-plus games. But he is a big part, and he is a defensive player of the year candidate. And, you know, I guess the coaches just value that over what De'Aaron has done, you know, mostly for this team. And it is what it is. The other one that is a bit on the confusing end for me, just because... The same thing with Jared Jackson has missed a bunch of games. Paul George. Now, Paul George is having a pretty decent season, but like just from just, you know, not fully paying attention to the pace to the uh, Clippers and just not really knowing, not really like diving deep into just his, his effect on the game. You know, I, I looked at their, I looked at their stats. I compared De'Aaron and Paul George's stats and overall, like De'Aaron is overall better. Like De'Aaron scoring more points, has more assists. Um, and you know, Paul George has more rebounds and shoots better from three. That's basically it. And overall, like you miss De'Aaron has played uh, like, I think 10 more games than Paul George. So I just thought it was a little bit of a reach to, you know, to vote in Paul George, but the, that the coaches vote in in Paul George instead of De'Aaron. Um, you know, I, I was, I've heard like, you know, maybe they value defense. Oh, there's this coaching staff, uh, values defense over everything. 
So that kind of makes sense. De'Aaron has not been great on defense, although I think he's been a lot better lately. You know, maybe that's why he made it. I think it's a bit kind of ridiculous, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm not the big, I don't think it's the biggest deal. I hope this actually fuels Fox for a very, very angry second half um, post-All-Star break performance. And, you know, stay hungry. You know, use this as motivation. Don't use it to kind of go to kind of get down um, on the situation. I think De'Aaron will have other chances to make the all-star team. It's unfortunate he didn't make it this year. But, you know, like you keep improving. You keep, you know, you keep like sustaining the success and you become a bit of a household name around the NBA. You know, it's the first year that the Kings are relevant, basically, in 16 years, basically. And, you know, what what? Like the Kings is the Kings as a household name has just not been. It, it's a new thing with, for them to be relevant in, this deep into the season, and you know if they sustain the success, he, De'Aaron most likely will make it next year because by next year he's going to become a household name. Let's not like pretend that if Paul George had never made an All Star game before, he would be voted in. He more or less probably got voted in because he's a household name. Like a lot of people were like debating like, oh, Devin Booker should have made it. Uh, Anthony Davis should have made it. Now, don't get me wrong. Those guys were very good, like, when they played. But, like, you know, the reason why they would have gotten voted is because they're more popular. They're not, not so much more popular. They're just more, like, household names, as I mentioned. Just, you know, names that have just been around the national media. Like, as, you know, they've won a lot of games. They've been relevant during, like, playoff season. And, you know, it's up to the Fox, uh, Sabonis, and the rest of the Kings team to make themselves a relevant subject up, that is up for discussion like throughout the season. So this is their first season. They're going to get back in it. And, you know, again, use this snub as fuel for anger to, to you know, bust them. So, you know, have a very, very strong post all-star break performance. That's uh, that's kind of way I t tend to look at it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus too much on just getting snubbed. It is what it is sometimes like, you know, I've heard stories about like the coaches, they don't take this all that seriously. They sometimes just give it to their assistant coaches to vote, to vote whoever they want in. It's not a perfect system by any means. I think it is a better system than leaving it to the fans or honestly leaving it to the players, which is actually the worst of them all. So it is what it is. Let's just move, let's just move on. Like, you know, the king the king's got a lot of work to do. You know, they're not out of the woods yet. They've played very well up to this point. Now it's up to them to kind of continue this momentum and just, you know, carry it post all-star break to, you know, secure a playoff berth in the first, the for the first time in 16 years. Okay. Uh, in other news around the league. So there were all-star selections and for some reason today, Kyrie Irving demanded a trade. Okay. Kind of random <laughs> out of nowhere. Um, apparently his preferred... I don't think he actually gave a preferred destination, but here are the three teams that actually have shown interest. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, the... I believe it's the Dallas Mavericks, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Hmm... Um, all three of those teams, yeah, it'd be interesting uh, if he went to that. If he went to those teams, what what do they trade for him? I wonder. So, 
we actually got a, a report um, that um, about a few, about a week ago that's saying, you know, Dallas is willing to part away with Dorian Vinny Smith for a star. Is Kyrie that star? Maybe. Uh, Phoenix Suns, they kind of need they need something because they've they've kind of fallen down. The, uh, what are what are their standings? I should let me check right now. I should always have these things up. Something's just sometimes it's just so unprepared. They are currently the sixth seed, so actually they're not doing too bad. But they do need another just jolt just to kind of get them back into it. And Kyrie could be that jolt. And honestly, you know, hope hopefully there's no more random Kyrie garbage. Like, you know, maybe he's a successor to CP3. You know, CP is getting up there, and, you know, he's seemingly a lot less effective nowadays. Um, and, of course, the the Lakers, they're, let's be honest, they're just trying anything else, basically. I assume that they're going to try and trade Russ to, to Brooklyn. My question is, why would Brooklyn want that? Like, do they want those two picks in the future that badly? Maybe. But... Ultimately, I don't really see you no, know, ultimately, I don't actually see Kyrie getting moved. Like I've read somewhere that this is a bit of a leverage play, and he's basically trying to get his contract. So the report was that they they offered him an extension, but it wasn't an extension that Kyrie liked. There were a lot of like there were a lot of incentives, I believe was the word in that in that contract and that he did not appreciate. And basically, he said, yeah, I'm not taking the extension. I'm going to demand a trade. I think this is just kind of leverage to kind of, like, get what he wants. And ultimately, he probably stays a net and arguably probably comes back next year because I think the market for Kyrie is kind of dry. I do wonder, like, do are teams willing to put up with this shit? Now, of course, he's, if he's willing to like take a giant pay cut, then yeah, a lot of teams would be interested in. But the issue is there aren't a lot of teams with cap space. And I don't think a lot of teams want to sink the money that he's looking for. Like say, you know, upwards of $25 million or above. Honestly, I doubt he would actually even take $25 million. I think it would take at least 30 to probably get his services. And I think he's going to find out like it's going to be tough for him to be able to find another team. However, uh, Chris Haynes did come out and say like he would be very surprised if Kyrie Irving is still in net after the trade deadline. So maybe I'm wrong, you know, because I let's be honest, I'm just spitballing. I'm just talking shit. It is what it is. Um, I don't really know anything about anything. But my my gut instinct tells me he probably stays as a net just because the, I don't think Kyrie has that many options, really. And the, the trade packages that those teams can kind of give them, it doesn't really make sense for them to do it. Like, for example, if if Dallas gives up Dorian Finney-Smith in that deal, who are they going to use to guard, like, wings? Now, they have Reggie. They probably will still have Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock is not as good as Dorian Finney-Smith. Like, unless you're a really big fan of Josh Green maybe filling in. I don't know. Um, Phoenix, probably, like... Is CP3 going to be enough? I heard like you probably have to include Mikel Bridges in that, which you give up Mikel Bridges, you're done as a as a title contender. And, you know, DeAndre Ayton, like they didn't have any interest in him over the summer, so I don't know what that's about. Um, and, of course, the Lakers, why in the hell would they ever take Russ? You know, um, just 
It do doesn't make a lot of sense. We'll see how this turns out. You know, it, he was being a good soldier for a bit, and it was very nice to just really appreciate just, again, how brilliant of a basketball player he is. And, you know, how he, overall he is, he's a good dude. Like, I know it's probably controversial to say nowadays, but, like, you know, he's a guy that's fought, like, for, you know, Native American tribes. He, you know, as much as you want to ridicule him for, like, the vaccine thing, he wants to give representation, like, to people who are, who are losing their jobs because of the vaccine. Now, whether you agree with their actions or not, whether you agree with just kind of the ethics of that, you know, he is trying to do good. He, he has good intentions, but, you know... It, He's a good dude, and, you know, like, it's just it's just unfortunate that we can't talk about this because of all the bullshit that surrounds him. And, of course, he has, like, these stands that kind of make it a little bit worse, like, you know, the anti-vaxxers, the Kyrie stands that will just kind of take whatever, that will just kind of be on his side. Like, I just think if he just, I just think if he just calms down and just plays basketball, just, again, just be a good soldier, just not cause any drama, he would get what he wants. But... This is who Kyrie is. He's a, he's an agent of chaos, to say the least. And yeah, we'll see how we'll see how this goes. I think he stays as a net. Um, and other in some other news, um, I just I just saw this happen. Uh, Austin Rivers got into a fight with Mo Bamba. Okay, it was it was like a legit brawl too. Like like Austin Rivers walked up to the Orlando bench, and Mo Bamba got up, and they started swinging. And five guys got ejected. I don't know which five, but yeah, it's I, I bring this up just because like I've never loved Mo Bamba. I did actually start to appreciate his game last year because I thought he had, you know, he had kind of come through as an actual legit three-point shooter. And you know, he's long, he can be a rim protector, he's mobile, he's somewhat mobile. Like he would be interesting on the Kings. I still think he would be interesting on the Kings. But I will say. Like, I don't think he's that good. Like, he theoretically does, like, the thing that the King... Two things that the Kings need. Shooting from the big position. And also, you know, long and can possibly protect the rim. He is not good at just about anything else. You know? And I just don't think he'd be good enough to be on the floor. And then you have just some of the weird, I guess, attitude issues with him. Like, him posting about the, you know, you, you, you what's it called? The more you fuck around the more likely you're going to find out. I don't know if Mo Bamba is the guy to really do that. And then Austin Rivers was just... Austin Rivers has a punchable face, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, Mo Bamba must have said something. Because, like, shit like this doesn't just happen in a vacuum. Man. You know, like, maybe he... He's Mo Bamba's an interesting player. There, there are just personality issues. Uh, I think I just have with him. Overall, I think you would you could take a flyer on him if he if he literally cost you nothing. But it's just weird with him. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, just getting into a giant brawl with the with with the other team's player for no reason. It it, it it's just weird. Uh, Minnesota loses tonight um, after beating the Warriors. They're now back to the seventh back to the seventh seed. Yeah, it's a, it's a wild it's a wild time. We'll, we'll see how everything goes. Um, overall, um, just a tough loss for the Kings on the road. They could have they could have been nine games over five hundred. That and you know one one game closer to you know ten games over five hundred. That would have been really cool. Uh, they couldn't cash in. Um, it is what it is. Hopefully they bounce back in New Orleans. Who 
may or may not have Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. They've got a whole list of injuries. Let's just let me check how they're doing right now. They're actually out of the play-in right now. Jesus Christ. They've lost 10 in a row. Wow. Well, they're due for one. <laughs> I just hope it's not the Kings. Oh boy. Let's see. Let's see the Ross. Let's see their injuries. Dyson Daniels is out. Zion Williamson is out. Uh, Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, not on that list. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to this one. Um, sorry, Fong's not here today. He unfortunately wasn't able to watch the game. But uh, hopefully he will be back the next game. Let's actually see what time the game is. Because he, he would have he's going to have trouble if it's too early. Although it is a Sunday. So maybe it won't be as big of an issue. Let's see. Uh, so five, yeah, 4 o'clock. It's on a Sunday, so he should be fine. The 5 o'clock. The Houston one might be tricky for him. Uh, I'll see how that goes. But uh, yes, uh, the next two games will be a back-to-back -back Sunday uh, in New Orleans and then Monday in Houston. Hopefully the Kings can win at least one of those because they've been all over the place, you know, just lately. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of them. Um, yeah, they've shown that they're they're they won't get into giant losing streaks. They can usually stop it before it gets out of control. So, all right, let's hope that. They hope let's hope let's hope they get another win and just you know make a statement and you know pick up some momentum before going into all-star break. Okay, all right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh we'll catch you guys back on the next one.